Zealand, come to this fine land and start a movement, a movement that spans the globe, and uh, we're a part of it, so privileged to be a part of it. We're also so privileged to be hearing from Pastor Chris Pringle here this morning. So can we make her, give her a massive silver water welcome as she comes to bring the word this morning. Turn to somebody and give them a big hug. Say it's good to see you in the house of God today. The first day of the week, starting in God's house, just as Dorian said, there's no greater place on earth. Let's thank the Praise and Worship Band. What awesome took us into glory this morning. Thank you so much. You can come and enjoy the Word of God this morning. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, church. I guess many of us have been over January, you know, with our kids, school holidays, and, well, for me, grandchildren, now having a great time. And did any of you go away? Like you left the shores of Sydney, went somewhere, like, you know, to the central coast or somewhere? I don't know. Did anyone go on a holiday in January? Good. Well, it's great to have you back home. And, uh, you know, all the kids are back at school. And uh, for those who have had annual leave, you're back at work. And um, Pastor Phil and I are back at work. Head down, bums up. The year has begun. And you know what? I sense in my heart that this year is going to be an extraordinary year for us as a church community and also for you individually. And so... To in preparation for, for this great year ahead, we're already casting the vision and want you to hear the vision. So Tuesday night, it would be wonderful for you to come to the Oxford Falls campus to hear from my husband, Pastor Phil, and from Kong Hee, who was actually, he was the Asian man in the presence promo. And he is an incredible leader who has imparted vision to a people, right, who have caused the church in Singapore to grow to that extent of, goodness me, it's phenomenal, 25,000 functioning members. And, you know, it's one thing to be a member of a church. It's another thing to be a functioning member. And this, the whole uh, dream of this series, The Master Builder, is so that we all get a vision in our hearts to be part of the building of the house of God. And, you know, I always get this wonderful image of, uh, it's just a moment in a movie, it's quite an old movie, it'll probably age me, it's called The Witness. How many of you have seen The Witness with, um, with um, thank you, Harrison Ford, Fasting Brain, day seven of the fast, how are you all going? I'm so grateful I got here and I had a carrot, ginger, apple and orange juice. So I'm feeling fantastic. Is my skin turning orange? I'm having so, so many carrots juice that maybe, well, it's good for you. And fasting is good. And, and it sets us up for the year. But um, so the image, I have not forgotten. I do not have a fasting brain and a blonde brain. I'm going to get the message out today. And the Lord is going to help me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help me. Amen. Um, the, the bit in the movie is when uh, in the community that uh, they live in, you know, the people that um, 
Thank you, the Amish. <laughs> Looks like, sounds like. Uh, they gather for the day to build a barn. Do you remember that bit in the movie? And every single member is a part of building that barn. If, from the youngest who are handing out the lemonade that the mothers have squeezed the lemons and they put them in the jugs and put the mint in the lemon and the, oh, they're all singing a little om-de-dom-de-dom-de song. And they're handing up the tools, you know, bit by bit. Everybody has a task. Everybody is part of building this barn. And it's such an incredible, inspiring image for us as we enter a new year to be seeking God and uh, asking him to release us into our sweet spot. Our sweet spot. What's a sweet spot? It's us doing that thing that comes most naturally to be a part of doing something in the house of God, to build the house of God. Some will squeeze lemons. That'll be the pastors. We're always squeezing lemons to get the... <laughs> and adding some. <laughs> some will be holding a hammer. Some will be underneath the foundations, praying, girding, lifting up the leaders. Some will be visible and some won't. But we're all part of God's master plan to build the house of God. And so we really, well, it was in Phil's heart. We just, it, it's in our heart that at the beginning of the year that we put our hand to this good work of building the house of God. And um, this, the um, amazing psalm that I'm going to read this morning to set up this message is Psalm 91. And I love it. This will be a psalm that we would love for you to meditate upon all week. You know, sometimes we don't know where to go in the Bible. Well, I'm giving you your homework before we even leave the house of God today. And it's Psalm 91. And it's an awesome image of this, of, of we'll talk about natural buildings, but there is an, an invisible dwelling that God wants us to get our heart at the center of. And once our heart is in the center of Christ and he is our dwelling place, then all the natural things and who we are and God's blessing and where we're going to live and what sort of a house we're going to be in, how he, he's going to help us and equip us to build our natural families and our natural homes, it begins here in us planting our hearts in the dwelling place of Christ. So let's read the psalm together. Well, I'll read it to you. You can probably see it up there. Don't know if it's the same translation. Doesn't matter. It's God's word. It's all good. Amen? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, 
but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the wicked, and see the reward of the wicked, because you turn to somebody and say, "You, you, give them a hug." Because you have made the Lord, who is because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he is known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isn't that an awesome, Lord, we thank you for your presence in us as we abide in you, as we choose you as our dwelling place. Above all, above all the dreams that we have in the natural for our homes and our families, all those dreams that you have surely put within our heart, above all and over all, we declare you to be our personal dwelling place. And in you will we live. In you we will have safety. We thank you, Lord, for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. No. So much has happened in the last few months in the world and in the city of Sydney. And fear, I was talking with Vicki Simpson actually recently. We, she came into my office. We always catch up at the beginning of the year and I ask her what the Lord is saying to her and we share you know, what the Lord has said to us as we have been in our dwelling place with him as we look for a year of ministry ahead. And that's a great thing to do. And both she and I had the same, it's a very similar revelation to, uh, to what Psalm 91 is saying. That yes, there will be stuff happening out there in the world. And yes, there will be situations that we have not yet seen that will happen in the world and even in our own cities, even in our own nation. But God is giving us an opportunity to prepare our hearts to be safe in him, to be dwelling in him, to make Jesus Christ the center. He is our dwelling. You know, uh, we sang a song, oh, if you... All the songs, all the scriptures, that, all the songs that are scripture come back to me when I'm meditating on a message. That one, you are my hiding, you are my hiding place. I don't know whether we wrote it, but, you know, songs of praise where Christ is our dwelling place, where we are safe in him, should be in our hearts all the time. You know, as we, as we praise God, as we as we lift up his word, as we sing his word, faith comes into our heart and is bigger than the spirit of fear. Because how can this be? It, in the natural, it cannot happen. But in the spiritual realm, we can overcome fear 
by faith, by dwelling in Christ, by knowing, by having a vision that God's angels, God's protection is around about us even in the midst of terror. And I believe that at the beginning of this year, even at the beginning of this, the Master Builder uh, series, that we need to get that right. We need to put Jesus Christ center in our hearts as husbands, as wives, as fathers, as mothers, as grandmothers, as grandfathers, as students, as universe, as people out there, single men and women in, in our realm of influence out there in the working place. We need to have Christ central. He, the master builder, Jesus Christ central in our hearts. Oh my goodness. Um, that's if that's all I said today and us cleaving to the word of God and allowing God's word to take root in us, it will change our thinking. It will change what we say and where we go and where we put our energies, where we plant our finances, should be all influenced out of this personal revelation of that one thing, Jesus you are my refuge. You are my central number one hiding place. In you I will trust. Because when that's shaky, the whole foundation of the house is shaky. If that's when, when Christ is central, everything we do out from our relationship with him is on solid rock. So the storms can blow, and they will, as you know they have. We will not be moved. Because we, our foundation is strong in Jesus Christ. Our commitment is strong in the house of God. And that anchor will keep us out there. Right, right now, in church, we're safe, right? But we know that out there, all sorts of situations and circumstances, we have to face daily. You know, they come against us. And we need to have Jesus Christ as the master builder in our hearts. Um, I don't know about you, I love watching those programs about um, grand designs and I'm not so into the block, but um, um, selling houses Australia, but the, my favourite one is the grand designs when you, know, you see this unbelievable thing, vision, that somebody wants to build and then they have to go through five Scottish winters you know, they can't get the truck to the road where the piece of land is and it goes on and on and on and on. And, they, and, and then sometimes it happens, but sometimes getting to that dream house, they have to stop here. They have to live in a dinky-die dwelling. We've all been there, right? We've all been there. And if our happiness is rooted in the physical dwelling we're in deep trouble because we'll never be happy because the human nature always wants more. But if we are found in him and His, we are complete in him, then no matter where we live, we're going to be happy campers. And that's what we want. We don't want to always be hoping for that and this, but to be content in him. I'm going to quote this from my husband. It's awesome. I think we are better in the natural to aim for the house of our means 
in the immediate, which is part of the journey to getting the house of our dreams. Right? Is that good? It's going to help somebody here today. Is that going to help somebody here today? We know where you want to be, but right now you're here. Forget happy. Be happy in Christ right here. Because when you're happy here, guess what? Something happens. There's a give. There's a joy. There's a possibilities begin to open because we are living in Christ and we are complete in him, not in the finished master builder house. Uh, Phil did this research. I love it. We talked about this. I went, no way. We even got out the calculator to make sure that it was true. But this is an, uh, this is an up-to-date, uh, you know, you know, what do you call it, statistic. Uh, in Sydney, right here, real estate is said to double in value every seven years. Uh, we're not sure if that's true, but certainly over the 34 years that we've lived here, we have seen, personally, house prices get to levels we would never have imagined when we first arrived. Okay? When we first arrived, the median house price in 1980 you're going to faint. You're going to die. You couldn't even buy a toilet for this now. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. It'll be pretty flash. It was 68,850. Now, 35 years later, the median asking price for a detached house topped 1 million this week, according to a Sydney-based statistic company, SQM Research Pty for all you men that are about to check whether it's true, <laughs> or women. It would be approximately 1.1 million today in the year 2015. We have always got into the real estate business as early as possible, uh, but until then, we rented. We rented. We, we, we lived where the Lord had planted us to do his work, and uh, we've lived in a lot of dodgy places but happy in Christ, okay? So um, here's some houses we've lived in, just to encourage those of you who have, who have moved around. We lived in um, a hut in New Zealand before we came to Sydney. We lived in a 125 Rugby Street in a back shed. It was like a back shed, and we did it all out, and we had our bed and an organ, and I don't know, I can't even remember where I put our clothes. It must have been hanging on rope or something. It was so cold in that dwelling that in the winter, the frost was on the inside of the walls. <laughs> yep. Before that, we lived in uh, a place called Dover Street. This is the, two, the last two houses before we were saved. And it was, it was black. All the walls inside were black. And a lot of black things happened in that house, I say. <laughs> but Jesus, oh my gosh, he looked after us. So we, we, we got saved while we were living in that dwelling in Rugby Street. And then we, lived, then we got married three weeks later. And until we moved into the commune, which was 428 Oxford Terrace on the river in Christchurch, we actually lived on a girlfriend's floor, right, until we got the, you know, the, the tenancy for Oxford Terrace. Then, uh, through a lot of circumstances, oh, and I fell pregnant, yes, with Rebecca, right, and 
The church bought a house for drug addicts, recovering drug addicts, and we went into 94A Paparoa Street, a Dutch family in the church built a flat on the edge of their house for us. It was tiny. Like, I remember it as quite big, but Phil reminded me, babe, it was like a passageway, remember? But it had a sunroom, and Rebecca was born, and then she was in the little sunroom in her bassinet, and it had the white see-through curtains. I just thought it was like heaven. Because you've got to understand, when you come out of a hippie lifestyle, anything white and clean was just like, oh, Jesus, it was heavenly. It was awesome. And, um, yeah, we even had a, had a laundry. It had a wee kitchen, tiny wee kitchen down a passageway, but it was awesome. Then uh, we rented a house in uh, Christchurch, and... Um, it was such a great price. We're like, wow. And the agent said, yeah, it's awesome. And we had a look at it. It was perfect for us. They had a backyard. We could grow a garden, all that jazz. And, um, and so the first night we were in the house, was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At 4 a.m. in the morning, a rumble. We're on the main highway for all the semi-trailers. Christchurch. <laughs> It was so noisy in the lounge room. We couldn't have guests in the lounge room during the day. We had to go up into this little sunroom off the kitchen to pastor our people. That was hilarious. We had one lounge. And if we had people in that back lounge, we had to pick the lounge up and take it (laughs) into the other room so people could sit down. But you know what? We were in Christ and we were happy. We were serving him and we were doing his will and we were content. Why? Our contentment was not in our physical dwelling, but it was in him. It was in Christ. Then, oh, (laughs) we moved to Littleton to plant the church. That's it. I won't go into, but these are just the houses. And we stayed in an original cottage on a hill like this in Littleton. And through the front door to the balcony was five steps. It was like an original (laughs) pioneer's fishing cottage, I think. And it had an upstairs, the roof was like this. And Rebecca, we put her up there and the roof, you had to go in like this. She thought she was living in a little doll's cubby house. She loved it. We were happy in that place. Then we built in Littleton a pole house. Oh gosh, it cost nothing. I haven't got how much it was, but it was about maybe I think it was 21 or 14,000 or just under 20,000 to build it. Phil was in India and I moved in with all the help from our church people. It was a bit like, yeah, the witness. It was everyone came and they got me in. We didn't even have steps. There was a, a like, we had a plank to get into the house. <laughs> our, our kids, that's why they're so creative today. They learned to walk the plank in that house to get into it. And then, oh, it was so great. We're like, this is awesome. It was a very innovative design. And then the wind blew and the house moved. And and it was so scary this night that the wind blew that we left the house. We thought it was literally going to fall down. But it it didn't. We braced it, got an engineer in, and we rebraced it. And then uh, we sold that house to move to Sydney in 1980, we lived in a borrowed house for two months. Then on the floor of Simon and 
Helly's house until we moved and got a rental in Narrabeen, a fibro house. The walls were so thin, we could hear the conversations of the married couple next door in the shower. Yep, that was interesting. Uh, and then we lived in two other houses in Ingleside and we found uh, our first house to buy in Eleonora Heights and we lived there for 14 years. Then we sold that and we moved to Bayview. We were there 14 years and then two years ago we sold that big family home and I say we downsized but upgraded and now we live in our empty nester house in Mona Vale, and we've lived there for the last two years. We've, so we've lived, like you, in some pretty ordinary houses, but the house that I will never move from is this house. On the eighth, that's right, his house, his dwelling place. You know, all my life I did dream. I had a dream of a place that felt like the house of God. I only got glimpses of it. As a young girl, I felt the feeling when I was on the way to the beach. It's quite strange. As a little girl, there are places where God is for us, right? Even before we've met him, even before we've even known Christ, the freedom of going away from my, the containment of my family situation. I loved my mum. She was an awesome mum. She was a widow. But the environment was not free. But the thought of going to the beach, because she was a cook at the YMCA camps, was this feeling of breathing. It was a feeling of freedom, of, of restraint but not restraint, out there in the ocean and the sun and barefooted and a lot more freedom, it was holidays of course. And then another place was my Auntie Joyce's place, my mother's younger sister. She had five children, five cousins, and she was an incredible entertainer and quite free and hello Christine and she had gloves that matched her handbag and a hat and you know, she always smelt lovely and she had lipstick and she wore pale blues and mauves and I loved Auntie Joyce and when mum would say, come on Christine, Get, in, get ready, we're going to Auntie Joyce's for, for tea. <gasps> My heart would, and that would be the other memory. And when I'd go there and I'd see the apple trees and all my cousins running around and in pretty little dresses and, and, and helping in the kitchen, no tension, I had in my mind, one day, one day I'm going to be like Auntie Joyce. I'm going to have a family like that. And then, but it wasn't, it wasn't the physical house. It was 14 Michael Street, Masterton, I remember. It wasn't the address. It wasn't the timber. It was the feeling. It was the inside feeling I got of love and worth. How are you, Christine? What are you doing at school? What books are you reading? That was Auntie Joyce. It was... It was what we longed for, right? To be loved, to be seen. That for many of us, that has not happened, is not happening, may never happen in our natural environment, right? It may be your situation right now. 
stuck. Then I walked through the doors of the house of God. And there it was. I was 18, living with Phil in that 125 Rugby Street little room, dinky dye room with the frost on the inside because it was August. Walked into this, wasn't even flash, I couldn't even tell you, it was tiny. I walked in to the dwelling place of my future. I walked into my hiding place for the future that I'd glimpsed of as a young girl. A place I'd searched for with drugs and seances to find my father. And I walked in and two words came to my lips. I'm home. I'm home. I didn't even know where I was. I didn't even know it was a Christian church. But we were going to meet a pastor. I told you before, I thought it was a dairy farmer. I thought he must have been a spiritual dairy farmer. That's what I thought a pastor was. How good is God? He tricked us. He tricked me. So it is not... I mean, and here we are today. Here you are. Every time I walk through the doors of the house of God, and I'm talking 44 years later, I walk in, I'm home. No matter where I am in the house of God, where he dwells, I I find him. I find him here. I find him in grace. I find him in worship. I'm lifted up through the saints. I come in. The worship's amazing. Then Darian, Dorian gets up. I mean, I already, Rose said, you're going to meet my boyfriend. Is that official? Oh, sort of, well, it is now. (laughs) It's a good day for a proposal. Everybody's always waiting for the diamond ring. Don't wait for the diamond ring. I, I, I got my diamond ring on my 60th birthday. But we have a marriage that's lasted 44 years. What's more important? I'll give you the diamond. The diamond of a good marriage is more important than a rock on your finger. Anyway, because of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have a little... Oh, so Dorian gets up. The moment he opens his mouth, faith rises in my heart. I see it. Oh, yeah, I see that prayer answered. I, you, you, you pray for us. I feel uplifted. I feel like even the bad times are good. Where, how? In him, in his presence. He lifts us up. If you will make me your dwelling place, I will lift you up. You will feel, you will sense the angels of the Lord around about you. No matter what your natural dwelling is, I'm going to encourage you right now with um, just a quote. Um, When I was a young Christian, and we were actually living in that little flat in Paparoa Street where I was raising Rebecca and I felt so alone, I had a nun that used to come to, she'd just arrived. She was an Anglican nun. She got spirit-filled at our church where the pastor was a, a pastor, <laughs> not a dairy farmer. 
And on a Sunday night, these nuns started coming. And anyway, she knitted her heart to myself and said, I would like to come and pray with you and for you and, and everything. And it was through her coming to pray with me. I looked forward. She was like a, she was like a um, spiritual mum, uh, actually a spiritual sister to me, but I was so young, I, she, she would have died because she was only young, a young nun. Um, but she used to come in and we'd talk about and we'd share about the burdens and what was, what was I reading? She was like my Auntie Joyce, come to think of it, but she was a Christian. And she, uh, I said, oh, I'm reading these books. I had a great burden for the underground church. I still do. I, that's probably why my heart is always uh, wanting to be a voice for those that don't have a voice. And I said, I'm reading these incredible books about Richard Wormbrandt and, and the underground church and a girl called Irina who was in prison and a guy called Vanya. And uh, so we would pray together for the underground church. And a few years after uh, Richard Wormbrandt, Many of you won't even have heard of him. He passed away in somewhere last in the year 2004 or whatever. But he was, in, he was imprisoned for his faith under the communist regime for 28 years, three of them in solitary confinement. And um, so in a room where sometimes he couldn't even sit down in, right? And I want to just... I, I'm, why I want to read you this is to, is to illustrate the dwelling place of Jesus Christ. How that he is more than enough. And we will never endure. Well, I doubt if we will ever endure what he did endure in those years. Let me read this to you. His years of imprisonment consisted of a ceaseless round of torture and brainwashing. For 17 hours a day, repetitive phrases were dinned in his ears. Communism is good. Christianity is stupid. Give up, give up. Over the years, his body was carved in a dozen places and burned. I prefer not to speak about these tortures through which I have passed. When I do, I cannot sleep at night. It is too painful. His jailers also broke many of his bones, including four vertebrae. Miraculously, he, he survived. Other martyrs did not. Richard and his wife Sabina were able to survive their ordeal through the power of love. If the heart is cleansed by the love of Jesus Christ, wrote Wimbrandt, and if the heart loves him, you can resist all tortures. What would a loving bride not do for a loving bridegroom? Did you hear that? <laughs> then you can resist such, such tortures. God will judge us not according to how much we have endured, but how much we could love. I am a witness for the Christians in communist prisons that they could love. They could love God and men. You know, it's a known fact that a cube of sugar went around the tortured uh, Christian pastors for 11 years. They kept passing it on to the next one. For 11 years, not one, they gave to the other. Now, that, this illustration is pretty. <laughs> it's like over on the extreme. But he found in what he did was to keep sane when he was in that three years in solitary confinement, where, by the way, you couldn't hear shoes or anything. They wore felt shoes. So you didn't know what was day or what was night. 
It was just the light was on the whole time. He took scripture and he uh, preached sermons. And when he got out, he, he had 38 complete sermons that he had composed through his relationship with Christ and the word of God that was in him. And he said, that's what kept me sane. What kept him sane? Jesus kept him sane. You and I will never be enduring that. But let me just say, in respect, I know that whatever you are going through, to you it is a lot. To you it is the trial of your faith. Hide in him. Be found in Jesus Christ. Let him be your dwelling place within your dwelling place. Wherever you are physically living, whatever is happening in your relationships, be in Christ first and take your relationship in him out into your everyday world. Jesus loves his church so much. You are safe and protected in his church. When, things, when you are going through things, as we all do, in this fellowship, in the community of God's house, you have prayer, you have faith, you have Darian, I'll get his name right by the end of the service, Dorian, 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 getting up, encouraging us, you'll have Pastor Nat getting up and you, your heart will be lifted up, you, your children will come out of kids ministry like with Jesus in them and they'll you know, be a better for it, for your sake, for their sake. For the sake of the community and those that need you outside, devote your life to the dwelling place of Jesus Christ. In him, in his house, in this building, Matthew 16, 13 says, Jesus declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Is he talking about a physical building? No, he's talking about us. His church is us. As Richard Wormbrandt says, the bride. He, the bridegroom will protect his beloved bride. Where? In the church. When tough times come, and they will, don't run from the house, as many do. I, I, I could write a book. I could write a book, and I wouldn't because it would be so depressing for everyone. Of the people who in trouble left the house and they're nowhere today. They're not even followers of Christ. Oh, I'm going to sort it out by myself. No, you won't. You can't. We are in a body. We need each other. And there is a place for you in my Father's house. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish. The musicians can come up now. I'm looking for this amazing scripture. Where is it? Here it is. John 14.1. Love this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. There's a place for you in my Father's house. Not talking about heaven, talking about this house. You are here and God has a particular hammer 
to put in your hand. He has a place for you to build a wall. He has a place for you to build a life. He has a place for you to be a worshipper of him. He has a, he has a place for you this year to, to have a good look at the foundations of your house. Because foundations wrong, the walls won't stand. If the foundations are right, walls go up. You can put the walls. Then you can put the roof, the windows, the door, the colour. You can furnish that house and that life. But first, the foundations must be set. Those very words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You know what? I love to witness and tell people about Christ. Just yesterday, I went to get my nails done. I go to this Vietnamese, gorgeous. I love them. But they have the... Oh, and it's coming into Chinese New Year, and they're telling me about the... Uh, the little kumquat trees for good luck that they've got. They're going to bring one into the business and they have them in each of their homes. Good luck. And she noticed my handbag. I had a handbag. And she went, oh, you are so lucky. You are so lucky. That is real handbag. Like, real. And I said, oh, I said, not lucky. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. She went, what blessed? What do you mean? Lucky? Blessed? So she said, and she got me to write it in her phone, uh, so that blessed, it's got the what it is, and then the interpretation of it in Vietnamese. You go, oh, oh, blessed God. I went, no, because there's a million gods in Vietnam. I went, no, not God, Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Not enough. There's a million gods. There's a God that's killing babies right now in the name of God. No. Our dwelling place is in Christ. You believe in God? Believe also in me. So I'm working on it. I'm saying it's Jesus. He blessed me with this handbag. His servant gave me this handbag. The servant of the Lord, Jesus. I keep saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She go, oh, yeah. Oh, I feel good when you come in. Like, so I'm like, it's Jesus. I'm going to win those girls. I, I'm, I'm going to, soon, it won't be the little temple as I come into the nail bar, you know, where they have the food and the things. I, it's, this is a day for us to stand up and be unafraid of the name of Jesus Christ. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Oh, I've had some wonderful, amazing things. My cleaner got saved this just a few weeks ago, and she's a hard-nosed Kiwi girl. But the presence of God is changing her. Oh, he did that. She took her mother to the healing service. Oh, he did that thing. I said, what thing? Because I wasn't there. Oh, he prayed for the mum, and she felt this thing. People are just so hungry. What is that thing? It's Jesus. He's a person. What is that healing touch, that good, warm feeling? It's the presence of the Lord Jesus. And the world is crying out. 
is, is fearful and we have Jesus Christ, our dwelling place to share and to bring and to pray and to show the love of Jesus Christ, which is not harsh, which is clear, but not harsh, entreating, loving, kind. Will, will you believe with me for me to see my nail girls? Come to Jesus. I'm believing for you and your family. Many of you have families that believe in a million gods. Oh, he is the same God. He is not the same God. He is Jesus. God has only one begotten son of the Father, Jesus. So let's bow our heads today. We love you, Lord. So many of us gathered here love you, building your house, and what a privilege and what a joy. But you could be here today under the preaching of God's word and you are not sure that Christ is the center of your life. If, if I was to ask you, is Jesus the center of your life? He is your number one dwelling place. He is Jesus, the God you believe in and you serve. But in your heart, I'm not sure. I once believed in him, but it's a bit fuzzy. Then you need to commit your life to him afresh today. And it's simple. It's a commitment of, in prayer, asking Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. For him to be your dwelling place. For Jesus Christ, the master builder, to begin a work in your house. He wants to come inside your house, the dwelling place, your spirit, your heart. So just while every eye is closed and you're asking yourself this question, is Jesus the Lord of my life? If the answer is no, or he used to be, or I'm not sure, then you need to pray this prayer. Only you can answer this question, not your mother, your father, your spouse, your friend. It's between you and Jesus Christ. Believe also in me. There's a place for you in Jesus Christ in his house. If you're saying, pray for me today, Pastor Chris, I need to be in that prayer. Boldly raise your hand, raise it up. Pray for me. God bless you, sir. Who else is there today? Pray for me. Pray for me. Not sure. Look, you could even have been a church dweller. God bless you. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Christ in you makes you a Christian. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. He's the door. Jesus said it. I am the door. Salvation is through me the only begotten son if you're not sure you want to make sure you're like well I think so I hope so I want you to know so today just raise your hand God bless you sir that would be three hands is there anybody else young person you want to start this year right you want to start this year strong you, maybe you feel like oh I've got the shadow of sin I've, I've been mucking around a bit over the holidays I need to get cleansed. I need Christ. Lord of my life, if that is you, raise your hand. Amen. Okay. Okay. God bless you, church. You want to look this way? Just as we come to a close, we have...
five more minutes. Yeah. In a, in a moment, we're going to stand, and I want those of you who raised your hand for prayer to step out of your seat or turn to your friend who's with you, hopefully, and say, "Will you come forward with me? I need to. I'm going to pray this prayer with Pastor Chris this morning. I want to make sure I want my life to be 100% in Christ." He, my dwelling place, Jesus. So we're going to stand to our feet right now and we're going to cheer you as you come to the front and uh, ask Christ into your life. like an altar. Have you ever been to a church before? Yeah, you've been coming here? First time, I love that. Ben, look, this is your new home. Yeah. Did you come with a friend? Oh, he's a good friend. Yeah, he's the best. I'll never forget the lady that got me to church. Yeah, what's his name? Blessing. Oh, please. I love that. Blessing by name, blessing by nature. Wonderful blessing. And darling, what's your name? Kelly, this is it today. Today you'd be a 100% follower of Jesus Christ. Have you been coming or is this your first time? You've been moved? But you're here. Huh? Today everything shifts and changes. And this is your friend. Yes, good. Sir, God bless you. Have I seen you before? Have you been coming? Six weeks. And what's your name, sir? John. That's my father's name. He was known as Jock, but John. Yeah? Yes, good. Oh, you're going to grow in his presence, John, and you're going to be around good men. Mick? Oh, yeah. And you know what, John? If it hasn't happened already, you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh no. So we're going to pray. I'm going to include you in the prayer. And healing and the touch of Jesus is here for you, okay? It's, it's all right. Come over here. We're going to pray together. Mick? going to have his hand on your shoulder, John. He loves you so much, John. So much. And you know what? At the beginning of the year, last year, Nat knows, I got a word in my heart that God is going to do a work in women 60 plus. Are you over 60, John? 50, 60? I believe he's going to do a great work in men and women in their 50s, 60s and 70s and 80s and it's going to happen here in this house and in three months time John you will hardly recognize yourself the power of God is going to come on you today touch you and continue the restoration process it's wonderful you're in God's house six weeks in it's going to bless you today so let's just pray this prayer together let's close our eyes you make this your personal prayer if you're standing out there and you're like I should be down there like John then pray this prayer and we can of course nobody is 
excluded from a prayer because you're not out the front. But if you want to come out the front right now, just make your way. Pray the prayer where you are. We're all going to pray this prayer out aloud to God. Dear Father, I come to you today and I give my life to you. Help me to follow you and to cleanse me from all my past and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Help me follow you and be a good disciple of Jesus. I declare you today to be my Lord and my dwelling place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Amen. Father, today I pray for this young man. What a great future he has in you. God, you wash away the past. You cut him loose from the past, from everything that bound him. From today on, Spirit of God, touch him and set him free. Jesus, be the Lord of his life. Help him make all the changes. You will guide him. Keep him in good fellowship around blessing and pour his life with your spirit and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 91 this week. Maybe a message Bible you know, you got one? You're going to make that your psalm. Jesus, you're my dwelling place. Tell a devil to get lost. Amen? Yes. For you, dear, new days ahead. This is going to be a great year for you. Blessing of heaven, the power of the Spirit, sets you free and you're going to... Man, I see you dancing by the end of this year. You know, I see chains breaking off you and you know what you're going to step away from them you're going to step away from the past step away move forward spirit of the lord is going to help you and you're going to move forward this year in the name of jesus healing and grace and great joy is going to be yours it's going to turn your morning into dancing your morning into dancing thank you jesus touch her now and Lord on John, what a great man. You brought him into the house of God. What a great future you have for John. Blessing, healing, great love and great joy. Put a hammer in his hand for, you, for your glory and for you, to be a builder of the house. In Jesus' name, blessing upon John today and always. Amen. 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 Come on, church. Let's put our hands together. Praise God. I know you're loved. You're going to be given a Bible and a pathway to keep following Christ. In next time I come here, I'm going to see you with a I'm here to help badge. And John too, and you helping and serving in the house, helping Pastor Nat and the women's ministry, serving, setting out the cups and the, the flash dripper later. It's going to happen at the Every Woman Gathering. It's going to be awesome. So come on, let's lift our hands to heaven, church. You are so loved. And we love you, Lord. 
Lord, we declare you above all our circumstances, above our life circumstances, above our living situations to be our glorious dwelling place. We love you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for the word of God today. Seal your scriptures. Psalm 91 with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we'll be builders of the house because you dwell in each one of us mightily. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you, Dorian. What an incredible word. Come on, let's thank Pastor Chris. Amazing. So good. What a great revelation. So impacted by that. So good. Hey, uh, why don't we get the band to play and we'll finish it in a song. Hello, amazing. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. In our love, so we pour. 